Next up on Talk Zone is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Are you concerned about your job? Concerned about losing it? Concerned about not having the tools needed to reinvent your career or to reposition yourself in the workplace? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, or even if you just want to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, then join the conversation right now on Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Now, here are your hosts, Charlie and Eva. Hey, welcome everyone. Um, we are we're, happy to be back. We're back. Um, <laughs> happy to be back and reinvented after short hiatus. I know, it's exciting, right? Yes, and um, the mission of our show remains the same, to make a difference even as one person in your career, your lives, and the world. How are you, Eva? I am okay, thank you. And yourself? Um, I'm, I'm hanging in there. We're both hanging in there. <laughs> yes, and that's why we're that's why we're talking about what we're talking about today. But I won't I won't spoil it yet. Right. Um, you know, in the past, our show was very much guest centric, right? Uh, Which the, means it was all about the guests, right? And, and there was a lot of great guests, excellent guests. Yes. The theme of the show was orchestrated by the guests. Going right. forward, um, Eva and I. We'll select each show theme based on the hot topic at the moment, what we feel is impacting us the most right now, and then discuss what we can do about it. Yeah, I like that we're coming up with hot topics because, you know, they're hot. They're hot. <laughs> uh, hold on, a little problem with the mic. Sorry. Okay, uh, so, and then when we do have a guest... That guest will be on to support the conversation specific to that hot topic. Right, and we're only going to be doing one show a month now going forward. Right. Right. Um, and Okay, so a couple other quick things. We'll be in New York City end of April promoting our new show format and meeting lots of new guests. Yes, we will be speaking at the National Publicity Summit. Right. Right. Uh, people from all over the world are That's there. That's great. It's so much fun. Yeah. So if any of you guys are in the New York City area and would like to meet with us, uh, during that time, end of April, reach out right now to info at charlieandeva.com. And to learn more about us, go to our website, charlieandeva.com. Opt into our newsletter, and we'll send you Eva's unique and effective ebook put on your phone face. So, Eva, can you just share what that is? Oh, yeah. So, you know, when you opt into our newsletter, so we send out um, emails every week or so. We don't we don't overdo it, but we just want to keep you up to date on the latest in coaching, in emotional freedom techniques and all things in the workplace. And as a thank you for signing up for the newsletter, you can get my little ebook called Put on Your Phone Face, which is all about when we work on the phone. And most of us, a lot of our time is spent on the phone. You know, we're all working from home. So when people can't see you, the only thing that you have working for you is your voice and how you present that voice. So that's what Put On Your Phone Face is all about. It's got a lot of great tips in there, tips that I learned from work and also from doing voiceover. Cool. Excellent. So again, charlieneva.com. Check us out. Opt in. Sign up for the newsletter. Be a teammate. Right. And if you ever have any questions or if you have any suggestions for themes for the show, be sure to reach out to us at info at charlieandeva.com as well. Or if you want to reach out to us individually, it's very simple. It's charlie at charlieandeva.com or eva at charlieandeva.com. Excellent. Okay. So today is March 27, 2017. Holy cow, where did the time go? I don't, I know, right? <laughs> 
So our show theme, the hot topic of the moment, is we're in survival mode. We are all in survival mode. Um, you know, I am... Um, and okay, so welcome everyone to segment one of our new show format, Talk Us Down. <laughs> yeah, I like Talk Us Down. Uh, you know, I was going to read the definition in the universe for of what survival mode is, but you know what? Mm-hmm. There's no need to spin it. Um, survival mode is the ability to survive. Yeah, and and I don't think people are realizing that we're all in survival mode. I, ha- I kind of had an aha moment a while ago, and I realized we are all in survival mode. So I don't mean to interrupt, but continue. No, no, I, and you, this was your selection, and mm. I agree. You know, we're in survival mode for sure in the workplace, but also everywhere else. That habit that occurs in the workplace spills over, or wherever the habit rears its ugly head the most will spill over. Mm-hmm. So. You know, the workplace for sure, but everywhere else, relationships, politics, moment of silence for politics, friends, (laughs) family, even within our own private self. Keep your head down and navigate along with the flow. And honestly, that's a terrible strategy. And if you look around, look at the workplace, look at the economy, how has this strategy worked? Well, right? you know, one of the things that I like to say when you think about survival mode is you just ask yourself some questions. You know, what would you do to survive? Would you lie? Would you steal? Would you even kill someone? Right? We say to ourselves that no, we don't. But if you think about it, I think right now everyone is in survival mode. People at the top, People at the bottom, everybody is trying to hang on to what they've got with both boots. And that's a problem. And I'll tell you why that's a problem. Because when you're in survival mode, because all you're thinking about is surviving, morals, values, good intentions go right out the window. Right. Um, you know, um, right out the window. You know, Eva is making me so much smarter these days. And from what I've read, I understand that survival mode causes stress to the max. Mm-hmm. And what happens is the brain immediately shifts into a defensive position. Right. And if and you can see it all over work, right? You see it all over work. There's everybody is in this. I've got to hang on to what I've got. And what happens is, is you do these little mini and micro Lies, right? And you and you're telling yourself that it's okay, and bullying becomes really prevalent. Yeah, um, you know, this defensive approach totally stifles any collaborative contributions, and you end up to your exact point. Simply fall in behind the loudest voice in the room. It's safer, right? It's safer because it is difficult because when you do look up, right. You can be taken out. So we're going to be talking about that later in the show about what you can start doing to get out of survival mode. But, you know, like you would say, talk us down, right? Tell me that we're not in survival mode. I tried to look everywhere that I could, and I'm just not seeing it. I'm seeing that we are all in survival mode. Everyone is trying to hang on to what they have, be it from the top of the house to the bottom of the house. Well, okay, so I agree. And uh, we may act tough at the water cooler Mm -hmm. or at home or with friends outside the workplace. But unless you're adding creative 
innovative, and accountable value to whatever it is you do, you're in survival mode. Not speaking up in a meeting, you're in survival mode. Talking the talk but not walking the walk, survival mode. Aligning with the politicians in power regardless if it's against everything you stand for, survival. And if you stand for nothing because there's nothing you can do, that is also survival mode. It is survival mode. And what I want to talk about a little bit around survival mode is that we are all a part of it because we were talking about where we used to work together and it was one of the most toxic bullying places that I have ever been in. And I've been in a number of different organizations as a consultant as have you. And it was one of the nastiest places, but yet we were all a part of it. We were all a part of it because it was used as a badge of honor. You know, well, I got a, you know, I worked until nine and I got woke up at one and I worked until four and then I came in at six and then I didn't take a lunch. I mean, we just wore that as a badge of honor. And if someone else couldn't keep up with that, trashed. Yeah, because we were aligning with the loudest voice in the room. We were aligning with the loudest voice in the room because it was it was the way to be. You know, I can be faster. I can be smarter. I can go on less sleep. I can go on more caffeine. I can go on less food. I can just keep going until one day you find yourself face planting right into your desk. Right. Or stressed out, um, cornered, right? Right. Uh, Impacting people outside of the workplace because you're just that shit crazy. <laughs> right. And you're not even realizing that it's happening. Right. So then you're the next thing you know, you're eating too much. You're drinking too much. You're doing everything too much in a very crazy, neurotic kind of way. Yeah. Um, and you're not even realizing that you're ha- that it's happening. And everybody is going to the bar or to the restaurant and everybody's making it seem like everybody's great. Everybody's OK. And everybody, when you just scratch below the surface, is suffering. Right. Um, so we need to help make a difference here. Right. And, um, you know, the only way to do that is to realize what it is mm-hmm. and what it's preventing. Mm-hmm. You know, and some workplace examples later on that we can discuss. But um, what happens is the loudest voice in the room decides they need cuts. So everybody finds a chair before the music stops. Right. Right. And, you know, if if the workplace was not in survival mode, maybe the conversation could be um, we need some we need a collaborative incubator to innovate new ways to generate safe and secure revenue for for our business or something like that. Right. And that never happens. Right. And well, the other thing that happens, too, is that, you know, when you're in survival mode, you start blaming Everybody else. And I think we see the, see that a lot in politics. But I mean, corporations have now gone into politics and into governing. And some people aren't going to like that I say that, but it's absolutely true. It's like, all of a sudden, we, ha- we are just looking to blame somebody because we're never going to take the blame onto ourselves. Because we won't survive. We won't survive. Right. 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 So we have to turn around. We have to blame somebody else. It's if these people weren't such big jerks, then we would be OK. If you know, my manager wasn't a jerk, I would be OK. If my spouse wasn't always on me for stuff, I would be OK. Yeah. You know, um, if my kids were better behaved, everything would be OK. Yeah. Uh, no, I I get it. And, you know, um, 
I'm victim of that myself. Um, you know, but what's interesting, right, is... So when, when you say you're a victim of that yourself, what do you mean? Well, I mean, I do the same thing. If um, if the sky was blue and everything was aligned, uh, I would do better. Mm-hmm. I would be a better person. So it's safe to say that because I know that could never happen. Right. <laughs> right. The, the world is never going to be perfect for me. So it, that's my excuse. Right. Right. Um, and, and that's a problem, you know, and the other thing is we listen to people, you know, the, the top tier inspirational speakers and they talk about stuff like this. Mm-hmm. So we're real good at talking the talk, but not so much at walking the talk, right? Not yes. so much of practicing what we preach. That's where it becomes a challenge. You know, we, in the workplace, we hear fail fast or, you know, uh, speak up if it's wrong. That's uh, you're closer to the next one, which would be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all about teamwork. We we hear all of that, but we don't practice it. Well, we hear we hear all about it. We go to the workshops. We go to the seminars. They have people come into work to work with us, and like even before the seminar's over. You're already being called in to meetings. There's already emergencies and everything goes right back to the way it was before. Yep. And you could say that, you know, a lot has to do with change and fear and failing to embrace change. Right. Because if we're going to get to that place in the workplace Mm -hmm. as a start, it's going to have to things are going to have to change. They are going to have to change. And what you're finding is, is that everybody's kind of just working on their own and they're not working as, and everybody talks team, but it's very hard to find that cohesive team. Yep. Uh, so I think we're going to take our first break. We have a lot more to talk about on this. I want to just say before we go to break, this has, there's no, this is income independent. This is at all levels in the world. Right. That's what I was saying. It right? doesn't matter what level you're at. Yeah. You don't want to lose what you have. And we have more examples, more to come. Please stay with us. Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. We'll be right back. Let's face it. Getting noticed at work can be tough. And if you're someone that struggles with anxiety when giving a presentation, voicing your opinion, or sharing your skills with other professionals, it can be even tougher. Hi, I'm Eva Levandusky, and I know how it feels. You have the confidence, yet when all eyes are on you, the fear can kick in. I tried everything from Toastmasters to hypnosis, and nothing helped. But in my search, I uncovered a secret. There was nothing wrong with me. I just needed the right combination of tools and support. So I developed my own program that teaches you how to calm the physical symptoms, stop the negative self-talk, and shows you how to confidently step into the role of leader, regardless of your job title. If you do the work, this program is not only effective, it's fast. So reach out to me at Eva at charlieandeva.com for a free 30-minute consultation. It's your turn to step into the spotlight. And now, let's return to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Thanks for staying with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and we are talking about survival today and how we are all in survival mode in the workplace. Yep. Uh, one remaining point from the first segment was this ambivalence of let's just survive because there's nothing else we can do. 
is getting to be an epidemic. Well, and what happens is, and we'll talk about it in this segment, is what happens is, is that you're just so just running on empty that that's all you can do, right? You're surviving. It's not about, you know, having fun. It's not about you are just in there and you're just going day to day and just trying to keep your head above water. And when you say um, you're running on empty, mm-hmm. is that because the anxiety from the stress of being in survival mode sucks out the life? Yeah, it absolutely does because you're overtired, you're overworked, especially like, you know, when you see young parents, right? They have children, they're trying to get the kids to school, they're trying to get, you know, make sure the kids are okay, they're they're working crazy hours, they're both working some of the time, most of the time, I mean, it can just be really crazy. And so work is hard enough, but then trying to put all the rest on it, all the rest on it, it just becomes crazier. So what we want to talk about in this segment is what's working and what's not working. Right. Okay. Um, What's working, I would say, is, well, we are surviving. Well, we're surviving, and, you know, a lot of people are working, right? And and there are people that actually are enjoying their jobs and are in organizations that they like, and there are some organizations that are thriving and doing well. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, you can see it. People in a lot of different areas are doing well. And even though, relatively speaking, salaries have in some sectors, for the most part, stagnated. In other sectors, they've gone up. And also, um, yeah, I agree. On the surface, it's working. Mm-hmm. When you look at the economy as a whole, mm-hmm. I get a sense that most of the action is driven by funding, getting funding to do something. Well, you know, it's funny that you say that because – this can go under what's not working. So let's say you've done a startup and you've gotten funding for that startup. And one of the reasons that you did use startup was so that you could be working on your own. Well, now that you've gotten funding, you're now an employee. Because as soon as you ask someone else to fund your new venture, you're working for them. Make no mistake, right? They're going to be watching you. When are you going to turn it over? When are you going to make some money? When are you going to start really giving us our investment back. And that will immediately put you into survival mode. It puts you back into survival mode. So catch you may 22. Right, it's a big catch 22. So you may have thought that, you know, you're quitting so that you can get out from under somebody and instead now you've got all the stress, all the pressure and you've still got somebody over you telling you to do it twice as fast because all the money's on the line. Yeah. So, you know, the other thing that's not working. So we had a couple things that were working. You know, a lot of people are working. A lot of Hmm. people are going back to work. And um, and like I said, that, you know, some people are making a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Right. So that that's working. But what's not working is that no matter who you ask, and I can't tell you how many people I ask, especially if they're in tech um, or in accounting or in finance, they hate their jobs. Yeah, they hate it. Yeah. And it's funny because I, I read a lot of Liz Ryan on LinkedIn and there's people always writing into her and asking her about, you know, what they can do about this boss or this interview process or this happened in my interview. You know, one I read recently was that the guy right in the interview um, was asked if he would work the weekends. And and every time she answers it, it's always well, you don't want to stay in that organization. You should start your job search or you, you know, that was good that that person asked you that in the interview because um, now you know it's you can move on. 
right? Right. And and that's all you hear. Now, of course, people write to her because they're having issues. They're not writing to her because, you know, I love my job. They're not going to actually take the time to write about that. However, I mean, we've been in a number of organizations and we've seen it every single place. People go from place to place and it's the same everywhere they go. Yeah. You know, they go from one organization uh, you know, it seemed fine in the beginning, but then it's not okay. And each organization looks for that same um, MO in the person that they're getting right? right? from the one that just left. We want someone that's going to work faster and harder. Well, and that leads me to my other point, which is around executive leadership. And what we're seeing a lot of is that when you're in survival mode, the gloves come off. Right. And what we're seeing is a lot of bullying, a lot of rage, a lot of bullying, a lot of unrealistic deadlines. It's just weighing on people because they come up with arbitrary deadlines just so that they can say, well, we were able to complete this in a year, regardless of whether or not it went well. I mean, let's get a little political. We saw it this weekend with um, the repeal. Right. I mean, they just pulled that together fast. It was bully it through. You know, yeah. we said it was going to be repealed. Bully it through. Yeah. And and it's not just me that's saying it. I mean, that's basically why it didn't happen was because others, even on the um, the right team, felt that it wasn't the right thing. Well, plus to making changes on the fly to push it through. And even in that 11th hour, people didn't have enough time to even look at it. No, they didn't have enough time to look at it. But. It's very, it's a very corporate model. Yeah, it's so, a very corporate model. You know, a, a workplace example to speak to that point, you know, I was uh, doing some work for a client sitting in the conference room and the whole gist was, this is a hard stop deadline, September. And um, we have to put in the time, whatever it takes, because it has to be done in September. Right. So I had uh, two questions, you know, I raised my hand. Since I have to talk the walk, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I said um, you have to walk the talk. <laughs> is that is that September first or September thirtieth? I mean, there's a big difference, you know. So that wasn't even answered. And my second well, and that is a huge difference. Yeah. Thirty days makes a huge difference. And my second question was, okay, it's the day after today is the day after that deadline, whether it was the first or the thirtieth, passed, and the software that we were developing was not in place. What are the consequences to the market that we're serving, you know, to, to our customer? And there was silence. So, you know, people started to look around and say, wait a minute. Um, if, if there's no compliance issue or new product launch issue that's already been advertised, mm-hmm. why is it that it has to be done? And, you know, the powers that be, the bullies, so to speak, got really angry and just said, okay, are you looking to get out of work? You know, you, right. and that's how they spun it. And that kind of speaks to what we just said. Everybody uh, laid low. Mm-hmm. Everybody just went on and worked, 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 worked to be done. They were slinging at the end. The product wasn't as good as it could have been as a result. But the big bully was a deliverer. Right. Under budget and in time. Right. And um, that's what sometimes makes people think that's what's needed today in corporate. Well, and I have another example in an organization that I was in. 
someone had not been watching what was happening in their department, right? So there was a lot of work that hadn't gotten done. And so in order then to move forward, this work then needed to be done around the clock, 24 hour shifts. Hmm. And afterwards he got a bonus for coordinating this huge work effort to get this work done. However, had this work been done all along, there wouldn't have been this coordination. And the rest of the departments that didn't have this issue got no bonus. Yeah, that's, that is terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. And it's not an isolated incident. No. Right? So it's always about chaos. It's always about the loudest voice in the room. It's always about the bullying now. And that's what's perceived as leadership. Yeah. yeah. It's perceived as leadership, yet... Yeah. That would be the time the time that you would get taken out by friendly fire, right? Because that kind of leadership, what it doesn't promote is collaboration and creativity, right? It doesn't promote positivity, create creativity or collaboration. Right. If um, there's no way to measure that, that has to develop on its own through trust and letting a model like that grow. Right. And um, the, the seniors, so to speak, don't have the time or the patience because they, too, are on a short leash to produce. Right. It's always it's always one level above. Right. Yeah. So they're bullying you, but they're getting bullied until you get to the very top. And then the shareholders are bullying. <laughs> right. And right. This leadership, um, as we call it, is not working in terms of what's working and what's not working. Right. Leadership. The bullying style of leadership does not work. You know, and we watch leaders in companies we were um, delivering for mm-hmm. preach leadership on a daily basis while the stock of the company went to one. Right. And we've talked about that before. Yeah. It, it, it's not working. So right? where and is people the are getting right. laid off and new innovations aren't necessarily happening in some sectors because the creativity just isn't there. And in a lot of organizations, you have a lot of people that tend to be, and these are the people that I work with because I'm one of them, you tend to be highly sensitive or introverted or just shy and not the loudest voice in the room. And they go underground and you don't even hear from them. Right. Right. They just absolutely go underground and you don't hear from them because they are not going to be the ones that just lift their head up and then start to share because it's too toxic and too dangerous. And that is the model we need to change. We need to hear from everyone in the workplace, mm-hmm. um, in in the home, everywhere, right? We all, as you say, Eva, have gifts to share. I don't mean to quote you. Right. Um, when we are in survival mode, we don't share them. Well, we don't even think about our gifts at that point. We're just, we're trying to make sure that nothing happens to us today, you know, that we made it another day. Right. And I mean, and as consultants, we used to see that a lot. You know, fortunately, I've never been one that's been walked out, but there was plenty of other consultants that, you know, came in at eight o'clock and were gone by the afternoon. Right. Um, You know, the whole, the whole um, corporate model is not working. If, at the end of the day, it rolls up to the loudest voice in the room. Right. Um, and we're not hearing and collaborating with the entire workforce. Well, and people are going to be saying, well, the corporate the corporate model does work because it employs a lot of people. And, and it's true, it does, but it also lays off a lot of people. And all those people going into the system, it's just not good for the economy. 
Yeah, it's uh, never good for the economy. So when we're looking at job creation, we're also should be looking at at in resource n- nurturing, right? Talent nurturing, talent n- nurturing over talent acquisition, right? Right. Because you see constantly they're looking for people, right? You know, so they're always out there looking for people. It's like, well, don't you have some of these people in the organization? What's happened? Yep. Right. What's happened? If I was part of a corporation that promoted and encouraged talent nurturing, I would I would start sunsetting those uh, angry, I hate my job moments because maybe they're investing in me as well. Right. 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 Um, you know, so, oh, this is uh, good. More to come, right? We're going to take a second break. When we come back, we'll talk more. We'll talk more about risk, compliance, and everything else in the workplace. Please stay with us. Uh, Corporate Talk with Charlie Neva. We'll be right back. Charlie Labosco and Eva Lewandowski are on a mission to make a difference in your career, your life, and the world. As consultants, coaches, speakers, and trainers, they each bring different skill sets to the table as well as different products and services, all of which are designed to make a difference for you. Are you looking for fame, fortune, and recognition? Need help with speaking up and being heard? Looking for the right tools for the right issue? Look no further. Go to charlieandeva.com. Check us out. Opt in to our newsletter. And let's be teammates. This is Charlie Lobosco. If you're working on a development project practicing agile methodologies, this message is for you, regardless of your role on the team. Agile is a faster, smarter, and more efficient way to develop and deliver continuous results. If this is not happening in your Agile environment, reach out right now. My Agile coaching and certification training programs empower you with Agile skills that encourage collaboration, increase productivity, and even improve overall team morale. Now that's making a difference. I say become Agile certified the right way, regardless of your role on the team, and then watch what happens. Reach out right now to charlie at charlieandiva.com and let's continue this conversation. Your future is counting on you. Let's get back to Charlie and Eva for more corporate talk on Talk Zone. All right, guys, um, we are back with segment three. We were talking, Eva, about what's not working in the corporate environment. We heard bullying um, is not the right strategy. We heard. Um, single siloed leadership is not the right way, right? We want um, to hear from everyone. Um, any other thoughts on what's not working? I mean, I always say the pace is not working. The pace is not working. It's too much. I mean, it really does, <clears throat> excuse me, the um, pace alone throws everybody into survival mode. Yeah. You know, because when you're in that mode, you really are not thinking about any, you're not having good thoughts. Right, right. Right. You're not being creative. You're not being collaborative. <clears throat> you're just trying to make it through the day. Um, so, you know, what do we do? Right. Um, I, I will say first that we need to do something. It's not there's nothing you can do. It's mm-hmm. what can we, me, I, you, even as one person do to start chipping away at this workplace revolution, 
that we are trying to create? Well, so I have a couple of thoughts on this, right? So the first place to start is to have some awareness around it. When you're in the middle of this type of an environment, a lot of times you don't even realize that you're just surviving. You're just in the middle of it. This is how it is. You just you go with it, right? It's what I said when we were working together. We all just went with it. We wore it as a badge of honor. We needed to step back, take a step back and say, hang on a second. On a day-to-day basis, am I looking forward to going into the workplace? Am I having fun with this? Am, do I feel like we are making a difference with what we're doing? Do I enjoy what we're doing? So you want to just start taking a look at that and having some awareness around your day-to-day. It all starts with the day-to-day. That's um, a little tricky in that I have to be honest with myself. Yeah. Right? And if I'm not making a difference, that, I would guess, should charge me to make some changes. Right? Well, you know, you have to be honest with yourself in terms of, How are you feeling? I mean, if you're looking at your own behaviors, if you're not working out, if you're drinking too much, if you're overeating, if you're fighting with your family all the time, if you're going into debt, if things are going crazy, you need to start looking, you know, taking a step back and saying, hang on a second, this isn't working. You know, I'm in survival mode right now. I'm not really thriving right now. So do we put the money per se on the back burner until we straighten out and get aware of what's going on. In other words, what do you mean? I'm not only interested in things that were going to make me more money. I'm not only interested in speaking up unless I get a raise. Right, because what happens is is that people think that it's only all about the money and the money is important. I'm not saying it's not, right? And if you're not getting paid fairly, then that's an issue too. But it's still important to just get a moment and start looking at what you can start changing in your environment right now. And one of the things that I like to talk about is triggers, especially when it comes to things like rage or feeling helpless. Like what are your triggers? Are you talking to certain people at work that tend to be somewhat toxic, right? So you want to start looking at that. Are the people that I'm hanging out with a little bit toxic? Am I reading stuff that's a little bit toxic? You know, you want to start really, really looking at what it is that you're taking in on a daily basis. Hmm. So what you're listening to, what you're watching, who you're talking to, what you guys are talking about, you really start wanting to do a cleanse on that one. It may not be the job. It may not be the job. I mean, a lot of times it is the job, but a lot of times it's just the people that you're with. And I'll give an example. I was in a pretty tough environment But our team was very cohesive and everybody got along great. And that was a really, really enjoyable job to go to on a daily basis because everybody had everybody's back on that team. Yeah. When you have a team aligned with the same motive, um, nations can be raised. It's very true. Um, It's very true. You know, I also think we have to, and when we take that step back, we have to Understand, we have to try to slow down the game mm-hmm. because everybody is just working so fast and so hard. Um, at the very least, it eliminates listening. Well, 
So I, I want to actually question you on that because I know people are listening and they're saying, well, what do you mean slow down the game? How can we slow down the game? They're yelling at me because things aren't fast enough. Right. So we have to learn to question, right? So when I started to question, the game slowed because mm-hmm. people had to answer the questions, right? So and then those answers would actually dictate how the game was going to proceed, you know. So what you're saying is it's, it pays to become more analytical. More analytical. That's what you're being paid for, right? You're mm-hmm. being paid to deliver results for the company. Um, so bring that to the table. Speak up, question, not to say you're not doing it or why are we doing it, but what is the benefit when this is done? So that let's say – it is a really highly valued product that's being delivered that's going to really help the customer. Then, honestly, if I'm a part of this team, I would want to work nights to get it done. Mm-hmm. I want to be a part of that solution. Well, and that's something that's, that's actually a really good point to bring up is that there are times that you will be giving it your all, that you will be staying up, you know, till all hours to get something done. The thing is, is that that pace can't be all the time. Right. And right. as one person, you know, one a while back, someone once said to me in the workplace, you're an adult. You have the ability to pull the emergency brake. And mm, I if, never thought about that. But, yeah, that's a right. That's a good analogy. And after you pull it, you need to be accountable for why you stopped the train. And once you can understand that, I think that's a good start. Mm. You know, to uh, keep in your head as a strategy, if you're not getting something, if things are going too fast, you know, if you want to avoid like what happened uh, in Congress this weekend, slow it down. Pull the emergency break. Pull the emergency break. Right. Um, I think uh, I think I think that's a strategy that every one of us can implement. No, I think that's a great strategy. And there's also, <laughs> if we're going with analogies, I'll use another one. You're not a tree. You don't have roots. You can move. <laughs> <laughs> you can move. You yeah. can move, right? We Absolutely, we can move. And freedom works both ways. And But in turn, we chose to work there. Mm-hmm. So we need to make sure we leave no stone unturned leave all of our collaborative energy on the table before we make that decision to leave. Right. I think it's a really important point to make because what happens is a lot of times is that if you don't give it the proper time and the proper analysis, you're going to jump into that situation somewhere else almost every single time because you need to see what it is about your work environment that's working for you. And then you need to look at what's not working for you. But I also really want to go back and stress this, the importance of really, really, really vetting what it is that you're listening to, reading, watching, taking in with the people around you. Because what can happen is you can get caught up in that tsunami of toxicity. Right. Right. Even if it's, let me just, even if it's not what you're doing, but that toxicity is in your head spinning. It's the same thing. Right. It's the same thing. It's in there. And what's happening is, is that you're letting it in from different points of view, right? You're letting it in there and you're soaking in it. (laughs) In in the morning, I got it from the news 
on the way to work, I got it from the radio. serious talk radio. Right. At lunch, I got it from uh, a couple of coworkers. Right. Right, and so on and so on. Right, and you're just soaking in it, and you're not lifting your head up and saying, hang on a second, there could be a better way. Yeah. Now, you also see it with people that really listen to positive stuff, right? I mean, that changes things. For some reason, people believe that negativity is the truth, and positivity is just baloney, right? They tend to believe that. So negativity is always, you know, that's what's real, yeah. you know, but the positive stuff, that's just BS. Oh, weakness, ideology. It's weak, right. And so they always will, you know, the bully in the organization will say that the other people are weak, right? They always make it seem like they're weak. Now, in the final segment, we're going to talk a little bit about bullying and how to stand up to that because there's there's a technique to it. It's not that you can just lift your head up and everything's going to be okay. You know, it's not. But, you know, in this segment, I really want to focus on what you should and shouldn't be listening to. So you have to be accountable for yourself and your behavior, you know, in and around your day-to-day. Right. And you need to be accountable for what you say and what you're fostering in the workplace, right? So if you're feeling toxic, you're just spreading that toxic vibe around. You know, you want to be careful of that too. You want to make sure that that, that anything toxic stops with you. You don't want to be the one that spreads that around. I think, you know, I heard Carolyn Mays one time talking about this, about, you know, vibration. And she said, you know, one of the things that I've noticed when working with a lot of new age spirituality based people is they'll say, oh, I can't go into this room because it just feels so toxic. The air feels so heavy. And she said, don't worry about it. It's up to you to change the vibe in the room. It's up to us to be the leaders. So one of the things that I talk about when in my coaching and in my workshops is that we can be the leader, right? When we step into the room, it's about our presence. And if our presence radiates calm and positivity, it can affect the other people in the room. Just like when someone walks in that's wound and toxic and angry, it changes the vibration in the room. It's the same thing with being positive. It can change the way the people in the room react. So, okay, so you're saying I come into the workplace freshly wound from a uh, talk radio on the way in mm-hmm. uh, and from the news. And, you know, I'm overly stressed mm-hmm. and angry. Mm-hmm. May not, I may be smiling, but internally you're saying that a positive person that is the opposite of that will get that vibe because it's sort of like a parallel magnet. Right. And not purposely won't collaborate with me unless, of course, they have to. But I may not even I would be missing out on opportunity and not even know it is my point. Right. And that's something that comes up with boundaries. Right. Mm. There's a way to kind of put up a boundary around yourself to not let that toxic stuff in. So if you're good at getting grounded and setting a boundary around yourself, you're not even going to be talking to this person unless you absolutely have to. Right. 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 And And then the, the person that's angry or toxic will find the other people that are angry and toxic, and then they create their own little anger bubble. So it's all behavior. It's all behavior always. And internal assessing. Right. Right. I mean, and don't forget, 
a lot of the behavior comes from the top down. So if management is toxic, it's really hard to get out from underneath that toxic umbrella. Um, but it's still up to us to hold our own, to get grounded and stay grounded. Um, oh, uh, this is really cool. Thank you. I'm making notes. Uh, we're going to take our last break, come back, wrap it up, talk about some more stuff, and um, then go on from there. So stay with us, guys. We'll be right back. CARE Certification in the Workplace is the award-winning shared leadership training seminar that will revolutionize your career and position you as the go-to person in your organization regardless of your job description. CARE is the acronym for Courage to Take Action Relevant to Everyone. This means your new workplace mission is to deliver results for the good of the company but not at the expense of others. Up until now, CARE certification was only available through company-sponsored seminars. But now you can become CARE certified in the workplace on your own time. Order Module 1 today and begin the transformation. There's unlimited opportunity in the workplace today, provided you have the right strategy. Becoming CARE certified is the right strategy. For more information, go to charlieandeva.com. That's charlieandeva.com. Welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Thanks for staying with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and today we are talking about living and working in survival mode. And I know, living and working in survival mode can really, really, really take a nasty turn because what it means is, Morals, values, good intentions, and good judgment goes out the window. And what I learned today, we may not even know unless we have that conversation with ourselves. Yeah, I mean, you just really get caught up in your work environment, and you can be going under and not even realizing it. And that's where a lot of lying starts to happen, right? I mean, we think that we're not lying. We think that we're in integrity. But the reality is, is that if we're fudging a date, if we're not really saying what we think, right, we're lying. I can't tell you how many meetings I would be in where everybody would know that the deadline was just not doable and nobody would say it. Yeah, nobody would say it. And then nobody that meant that it. if we didn't make that date with our work, we failed. Right. And then, you know, we were accountable even at review time and et cetera, et cetera, right? All for not speaking up. All from not speaking up. But it's tough to speak up, especially when the people that you're working with tend to bully. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about that because we've actually had a bullying expert on the show. And one of the things we learned was is that there's three different legs to bullying. There's the bully, of course. There's the victim. But then there's the bystanders. And a lot of us have been bystanders to bullying. I mean, we've seen it all the time. Yeah, that is the, that's the survival, <coughs> survival mode at its best. Survival mode at its best. You just keep your head down. You don't say anything, right? So the biggest thing is, is that when you have a bully or that you see something coming up at work that needs to be changed. Excuse me. Um, what we, what we learned is, um, <laughs> you can't, you can't do it alone. Right. Right. And the victim can't be isolated. So when we see bullying, right, if we're a victim, hopefully that is not the case. But if it is the case, we need to 
um, not confront the bully, but reach out from what we learned and network. Build a network around you so that you are not alone, so that you feel a little safe and that you do belong, right? Um, and the bullying w- should let up, right? I think. And, but that's the key is to not handle it alone. The bystanders are there. They need to be engaged as well. Right. I mean, it's so true. Sorry, I'm losing my voice, but, um, <clears throat> Everyone needs to get involved because one person can't be the one that just gets up. Right. Um, and, right. It's not a confrontation. Right. Back and forth. <clears throat> um, the bystanders really are the uh, wild card here, right? Right. Because um, they can do more in numbers to support. And, you know, we talk about shared leadership and, you know, some of our training and our seminars are all around collaborative uh, leadership training. It's the same thing in in that example of bullying that um, it's on all of us, right? So the bystanders and the victim need to work together not to do anything against the bully, but just kind of form a network together, right? Right, because what happens is, is that we think that only one person's got the issue, when it's everybody that's has right. the issue. Today, you, tomorrow, me. Right. 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 Um, and then, unfortunately, today <clears throat> you, today I'm the bystander. Tomorrow, um, I'm the victim. You're the bystander. That's terrible strategy for both of us. Right, because it happens all the time, right? It's 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 just a matter of time until you're the victim. It's just a matter of time. Right. So everybody needs to stand up together. And what we do is we <laughs> we remain in survival <clears throat> mode and hopefully delay that time as long as possible. Right. That's exactly what right. Happens. And, uh, you know, we can do better. We can do better. And that's why, you know, that's what the mission is, right? To use all of our skills to be able to make a difference even as one person. And that could be through networking and collaborating with your um, coworkers as well. Right. So it's so important. So this is what is so important about some of the work that we do, because it's really around learning how to stand up and how to speak up. Because so many times, especially when you tend to be more quiet, you're in your head a lot and you don't realize that people don't know what you do or what you stand for. Right. And if you're not talking, uh, the good news is when I started to speak up more, uh, implement the models that we've since developed of collaboration, uh, shared leadership. So you're trying to tell me that there was a time when you had trouble speaking up? Uh, Well, there was a time when, Mm -hmm. honestly, I was a bystander. Right. And I cited a bystander. It's easy to speak up if you're siding with the most aggressive. Right. Right. But what I learned is there's no conspiracy for the most part. Um, Because of the silence, the seniors have to do something. Mm -hmm. So if if they Mm -hmm. get um, more collaboration, more ideas, I believe they would listen. I don't think it's a conspiracy of my way or the highway. Well, especially if they're not getting a lot of feedback, they don't know what's going on. Right, that's right. They don't know what's going on. But you have to go in as a team, as a unit, right? You have to go in together and have a have a united front. 
Right. So if you have a meeting, maybe as the team, you can even whether it's email or whatever ahead of time. Anything unique we want to bring up today? Anything we want to, you know, do that very rarely happens. We just usually show up and uh, take the hits from the from the aggressor and then move on. The other thing is, is that the bullying stops with you. Right. The bullying stops with you because it's easy to turn around and bully others. You have to make sure that the bullying stops with you, that you don't take on that same behavior. So, you know, when I was on teams, the biggest thing was is it was always about collaboration and never, ever, ever throw anybody under the bus. Even if we're getting thrown under the bus, never throw anybody under the bus. Be the change you want to see in the workplace. Um, not easy to do. <laughs> it's not easy to do. And I can't say that every single day, you know, I did that. But for the most part, it really was one of my mantras to make sure that we didn't throw other people under the bus, that we were all collaborating and that we stuck up for everybody. It makes you feel better. Well, I think that's a really important point because that's how you know it's working. You feel better. Yeah. You feel better. You're not feeling so angry. You're not feeling so edgy. You're not feeling so anxious when you're going into work. And, you know, I can give you a brief example as well on that same project that I was discussing when I was delivering a stand-up. The guys on the team, the people on the team were concerned that they were going to get thrown under the bus Mm -hmm. if they spoke up and or if they questioned. And I said, nobody goes on my watch. Right. That's my job. If anybody goes, it has to be me. You cannot be in fear of speaking up your subject matter expertise. Right. Right. That's a that's an (laughs) anti-pattern to bring into the workplace. Um, So. uh People like that are hard to come by that'll say, nobody goes on my watch. It is. But that's kind of what we need because nobody really wanted anybody to go. Right. Right. So it's really, it was just easy to say because it wasn't going to happen. If they spoke up, they would be listened to. Yeah. Right. Uh, sometimes you want to say there's no reason for any of this. Right. Right. So let's take a minute and recap about what you can do if you're finding yourself in survival mode. So the first is around awareness, right? Becoming aware of if you actually are in survival mode and what are some of the key factors of that, right? You're angry. You're not looking forward to getting to going to work. You're fighting with people at work. You're feeling edgy. You just have no time, right? That's survival mode. Um, Then you want to start looking at the triggers. And when we look at the triggers, it's also really important to look at what we're taking in through listening, through reading, through watching, through even talking to coworkers, right? We want to make sure that the people that we're hanging out with, the materials that we're reading, The radio that we're listening to, the TV that we're watching is putting us in a better frame of mind because we always think negativity is real and positivity is just weakness. And it's simply not true. This might hurt at least me, but um, the triggers might be self-inflicted and not as what I was thinking. Right. Right. And then also remember that the change starts with you. Right. So if you are feeling that everybody's negative, it's up to you to stay positive. 
to start getting grounded, to stay positive, right? Mm -hmm. And that moves into the bullying. You know, if you're finding that you're in a bullying environment, stop it with the others. Do not start being a bully yourself or do not go underground. You know, there's two ways to do that. You can either become the bully or you can go underground, right? Right. Both are bad. Both are bad, right? So it's about the bully, the victim, and the bystander, and that the bystanders need to get together with the victims and show a united front. Right, and that's something I would add is that, you know, we want to network. We want to network with the right people, the less toxic people, if that makes sense. Right. Uh, we want to also slow down the game. And to slow down the game, we have to learn to start questioning things. You right. know, use our subject matter expertise to question, which will slow down the game and reduce some of the anxiety a little bit, and then network, to your point, with others. Well, so hopefully mm-hmm. our listeners have found this helpful today. And if you're having trouble with survival mode, we'd love for you to reach out to us. Yes. At info at charlieandeva.com. Excellent. Thanks Good job, for listening. E. Um, Dave, hit it. You've been listening to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Special thanks to our producer, Dave Olson, and the TalkZone family. All our replays are available at TalkZone.com or in the iTunes store. Also, be sure to download the free TalkZone app so you can listen to our show at any time. Your suggestions and comments are always welcome. Please email us at info at Thanks again for listening.